This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. On today's episode, I sit down with a 27-year-old woman who recently went through a divorce with her high school sweetheart, who she had been with for nine years. We hear about what her life and her marriage was like before the divorce, why they got divorced, and what it's been like getting out in the dating world for the first time as a 27-year-old divorcee. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to mindsetwellness.com. Fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date, and use code seeingotherpeople at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. 
All right, and we are here at Unfiltered. Thank you so much for being here. To start, why don't you introduce yourself and share what you're here to talk about in your own words? All right, well, thank you for having me. Um, my name, well, I'm anonymous, um, and I'm here to talk about um, my journey of divorcing my high school sweetheart and getting back into dating for the first time in my adult life. And tell everyone how old you are as you do this. Yeah, so I am 27 and I got married at 25 and had been with my um, high school sweetheart since 16. Wow. So, okay, like, first of all, I'm here sitting here, like, looking at you. Obviously, no one else can see you, but I'm like, there's no world in which I would have ever guessed, like, you're divorced or like getting divorced. Like, that is a crazy concept to me. And if, if you think about it, I mean, like you, you were with this person for more, like almost half your life or like, mm-hmm. like a third of your life, which is so crazy to think about at this age. Yeah, that's kind of been the craziest part for me to process, because if you think about it, me and this man grew up together. So it's almost like every part of me almost reminds me of him because we went through this whole growing up together process. And so that's been the hardest part, kind of like rediscovering who I am without him and without being in the relationship. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I know like anytime I've gone through a breakup, it's like, oh, like I can't walk down certain streets because like there's this restaurant or this bar or like we went shopping at this place. And and it's like, no, that's your whole life. That's like, like you said, like, it's everything about you reminds you of him. And so I can't even imagine how difficult that is to get through. Yeah. And I think the hardest part too, is that we had or have a lot of the same friends. And so that that's difficult navigating as well. And I am currently living and owning by myself, the house that we bought together. So I had to go through the process of making it my own space and, you know, just every little thing, you don't think about it. Like the grocery store that I still shop at, we used to go there all the time. So it's just, there's so many things that pop up in my daily life that I don't realize, like, bring me back to that. I hope you have a really good therapist. Oh, she's she's <laughs> phenomenal. Amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so relieved to hear that. Um, okay, so let's back up for um, first, kind of set the stage. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, what your relationship was like, what your engagement was like, what your marriage was like before clearly this big turning point happened? Are you tired of having to cancel dates every time you cough or sneeze? Are you sick of backing out of plans because you have period cramps or you're breaking out and your cover-up just isn't doing the trick? It's time to nip these problems in the bud with the help of O-Positive's Immunity and PMS gummy vitamins. They've changed my life and they can change yours too. The Immunity GTFO vitamins are berry lemonade flavored gummies, which are delicious. And they're formulated with plant-based ingredients that are shown to support your immune system do what it does best, no matter where life takes you. Plus, a daily serving of GTFO has 50% more vitamin C than an orange, with only a third of the sugar. And the PMS Flow Vitamins are such a game changer. Where have they been my whole life? The ingredients help alleviate cramps, bloating, mood swings, and hormonal acne. PMS doesn't have to suck, and it doesn't have to suck the life out of you. You can't date if you don't feel like your best self, and nobody wants to go out feeling crampy and sluggish. So what are you waiting for? Get your immunity and PMS gummy vitamins from O-Positive today. Head to opositive.com, that's O-P-O-S-I-T-I-V.com, and use code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE, all together as one word, for 20% off your first purchase or subscription. Yeah, so, I mean, we started 
Well, we knew each other throughout high school. He was a year older and we always had like this little flirty relationship and I always had a crush on him um, and vice versa. And it got to be his second semester senior year and he was a year older than me. And I knew his mom and she had basically said to him, are you going to ask this girl out because you're about to like leave for college? If you're going to do it, you got to do it now. So that kind of prompted him to finally do it. Um, And so we started dating his second semester of his senior year, right before he went off to college. So then flash forward, he goes off to college. I'm still in high school. We do the, it was only three hours away. So we do the little long distance thing. Um, Then I go to college. So for the majority of our relationship, really, we were long distance, at least like three hours apart. Um, But you made it work. Yeah, we made it work. Uh, You know, lots of fun traveling on the weekend or summers together, things like that. Um, And then when, and I mean, there were points in college where maybe we would like go on like a month break or something because, you know, it's college. I want to explore, explore things before you settle down. So um, there's, a point like that um, during college. And then once I graduated, I moved um, about two and a half hours away for a job. Um, So we did that long distance for about a year. And then he moved down with me. And so we finally moved in together for the first time, which was fantastic. Like it's so fun having a sleepover with your best friend every night. And we just had a blast. So to me, that was always like, I'll always look back fondly on those memories for sure. Um, And then we went on this big trip to the Grand Canyon and we had a heart to heart one night and we were like, we want to move back to our hometown um, because we missed all of our friends. So um, once we got back, got into the process of moving back there and um, shortly after when we had made plans to move back, he proposed um because we had kind of like you know at that point our lives are set we're going to be together we're moving back together um we had a dog together um so we moved back to our hometown uh I started a new job and I'm planning a wedding let's see we got engaged no uh, December 2018 and then married November 2019 Did you at either of those points, like when he proposed, when you said yes, while you're planning the wedding, like when you're getting married, did you have any doubts? No, none whatsoever. And I mean, I have never believed in soulmates, but people always called us that. So it's like when you hear that so many times, like it's just hard to come to terms with like that not being true. And I always, always like, even when we did premarital counseling, I would just go on about how I hated the term my other half. I was like, no, we are two whole people, things like that. Or like, you know, our relationship has stood the test of time. Like we've gone through so much together. Like I really thought that we were solid. I thought that it was the surest thing. I find it interesting that you did premarital counseling. That was actually one of the mm-hmm. questions I wanted to ask and, and nothing. I obviously, I, I still, for everyone listening, like I don't know yet at this point, like what ended up happening, like why mm-hmm. this marriage didn't end up working out. So I, I was, I'm kind of surprised to hear that because you would think <laughs> that like any red flags would come up during that time. You That's would kind of the think point so. Of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm surprised too. So, so we did that. And in hindsight, um, the, so we had a, um, 
a blended ceremony. I'm Jewish and he's Christian. So we had a rabbi and um, a preacher and the preacher was his family's preacher. And in hindsight, that was probably a bad idea because maybe he didn't feel as comfortable opening up about serious things um, Mm. with him since he was closer to his parents than him. So in hindsight, maybe that was something that I would have changed. Um, But yeah, we did premarital counseling. I thought it was really helpful. But at the same time, like going into it, I was like, oh, we got this. We've already talked about all these things. Like what more could I possibly find out? So um, I wish I had gone in with more of like an open mind, ready to learn. Um, But uh, so we got married. Great day. Happiest day of my life. I'll still look back on it as like a really great celebration of our relationship, which was special to me at a point in my life. But of course I have regrets. Um, But um, so about not even a year into our marriage, we did go through kind of a traumatic experience where my parents were in a terrible car accident. And um, my mom had to, we had to literally, my husband and I were living in a hotel room with my dad, um, going back and forth each day to the hospital while my mom was having surgery. And luckily Mm. everything's okay now. I moved in with them for a little while to help out. And I mean, that was definitely a strain on our relationship, but he was a rock star during that time. And like was so supportive of my family, did everything that he could, like my parents and I couldn't have gone through that without him. So it's like, that was um, incredible. And then nine months later is when I found out that he wanted to end the marriage. Um, And that was incredibly shocking to me. I basically what happened I learned that for the last few years, he had been depressed and had never said anything. Um, And even when he had asked me to marry him, he wasn't sure. He had kind of had reservations and felt like he didn't really know who he was. Um, So what he had told me was that he, he thought that marrying me was the right thing and that's what he wanted. He wanted to want the life that we wanted together. He wanted to want to be my husband and be married to me. So um, things, I guess, once we started planning the wedding and early into the marriage, like things were going okay. But then he kind of realized like, I don't know who I am and I don't know if I can figure this out while in this marriage. Wow. Um, And I think part of him probably resented that he had known me so long and grown into the person he is so long with being with me because he never really had a time to discover himself on his own. And, you know, while I can't fault him for that, I'm, I still have like a lot of anger at the fact that he was never open about that. And I I just feel yeah, you just can't go into a marriage without having that conversation. Were you really shocked when he said that he had been depressed those few years? Yes. Um, I, I really had no idea. And, you know, part of me now, I really struggle with like, was I delusional? How did I not see this? Am I a bad partner? And, you know, I'm having to like learn that it was very much a him thing and not a me thing. And if I didn't know that he needed that support, there's nothing I could have done. If he didn't want the help, I couldn't force it on him. So yeah, that's something that I've been struggling with, but, um, 
I guess too, like what I really wanted when I found all of this out was I wanted to, you know, go to couples therapy and figure this out and learn how to support him, do whatever I could. And by that point, he had already made the decision and did not want to try anything. So I felt like I was a little cheated out of getting to try because I didn't know there was a problem. So how could I have worked on it? Um, right. It's like he spent all of this time struggling and dis- and deciding and, and debating and, and he came to this conclusion, but he didn't allow you to see any of that. He didn't allow you to have any part of the conversation, any part of the decision, which is what you are supposed to do, what you have to do in yes. a marriage. But I guess in his, from his perspective, he was like, well, I'm ending it. So yeah. And he had already gotten to that point of his, in his mind. So like, I'm sure he had been thinking about it for a while. And so for me, it was this big life shattering moment, whereas he had had time to kind of grieve it. And right. So- he already knew, he already accepted, like when he's telling you, like you're at square one and he's already at like that, he's already at the finish line of it. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Yeah. And so, you know, it really caught me by surprise too, because I was like, I really thought it was the surest thing in my life. Like we were solid. Even my parents were like, we never thought we'd have to worry about you guys. Like we really thought you were emotionally taken care of. Um, And so that's been the hardest part, but also um, when he did tell me all of this, it was only not even a year after we had bought our house. And I was like, did you know this when we bought the house? And he had said, I was hoping it would fix things. And I was just like, wow, I'm glad that you didn't think a kid would fix things. I was about to say (laughs) it was a house and not a kid. Like, oh my God, that I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I, I just can't imagine. I mean, and, and I'll say, I don't have anyone close to me that this has happened to, but like, I've heard like friends of friend, like a friend say like, oh, like this wedding I went to, like, it's been like, a year and a half and like they're already getting divorced and it's just like what and like yeah you, obviously like in those situations I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes I'm just mm-hmm. like how does that happen but I guess I mean this is the perfect example of how that happens and again at, at no fault of yours yeah and I think too like I remember early on I was so ashamed and embarrassed and I did not want people to know because like people we went to high school together we were like the shiny couple like that and you had just moved back to your hometown yeah yeah Yeah. and so like everyone was like oh those two like soulmates blah 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 so it was like oh not only I felt like I let other people down and like I just didn't want people to find out so for the longest time I didn't tell anyone except very close friends um and I remember like you know I'm I was the first of my friends to get married obviously the first to get divorced. So I don't know a lot of people my age that have been through this. So there were a couple of people that I had known where I wasn't super close with. And I reached out to them and I was like, I have no one else to talk to. Like, are you willing to like share your experience with me? And our friends, oh my gosh, they have been the most amazing friends. Like we've rekindled our friendships. They've been so supportive. Um, so in that time that I really felt alone, like being able to hear other people um, having gone through similar things was the most helpful thing, which is part of why I wanted to come on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And and I I really like that you, well, first of all, thank you for being here. Um, I mean, the second I saw your email, I was like, 
fuck yes, like hundred <laughs> percent. But um, I think it was really brave of you to say like, I don't have anyone to talk to and I, I need to find those people because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with where they're going through something and they feel so isolated, but they don't feel like there's a way to not feel isolated. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like nobody else knows what I'm feeling or like, yeah, maybe there are some people out there, but like, I don't know how to find them or like, I'm not friends with them. And, and you, though you felt that way, you also were like, no, like I need to talk to somebody. I need to find somebody. And you put yourself out there and it obviously paid off. So I really admire that. And and I, I hope people can kind of use that as an example, like why you do need to reach out to people, even if you don't know them, even if it's somebody you found on the internet or found through a friend of a friend, like people who go through things and, and unique situations like this, all they want to do is like give back by paying it forward to like based on the people who help them get through it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think like during that time, like early on when I hadn't told people that isolation and feeling so alone was the hardest part. Like my ex is the person that I would go to with anything and I can't go to him. So that was, that was really difficult. Um, so kind of building up your support system is so, so important. Yeah. And I think that's also, it goes to show why it's so important to maintain your close friendships. I know like we get caught Mm -hmm. up in, in our relationships, we get so excited when we finally have that person that like, they're the person we go to now for everything. And it's like, you need to make sure that you still have other people and other friends to talk to about certain things and, and people in your life to lean on because yeah, unfortunately like that person might not always be there. And whether it's with a breakup or a divorce, like you need to have an extended support system for sure. Yes, exactly. And of course, therapy was very, very helpful, but you know, can't talk to my therapist 24 seven. So yeah. Were you in therapy already before this happened? Or did this happen? And you were like, I need help. I had literally just started therapy because I was kind of working through some of the trauma from my parents accident. Mm -hmm. And so like, even my therapist was shocked like oh she God, did not I'm see sure this she coming was not either. Expecting you to like come in Poor or get on Zoom and yeah, wow. Yeah, she has been through a lot with me in the last year, and I told her that I'm keeping her life interesting. So <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, let's get into the dating part of this story because obviously you're now you're not getting back out there. You're getting out there, um, and mm-hmm. I can only imagine how scary and confusing that is because even for people who have been out there, it's still scary and confusing. So what has that been like? And and kind of starting from like when you decided like, okay, I guess I have to go date now. Yes. (laughs) So I know I'm not that old, but of course, like soon after this, I would complain to my friends like, oh, I'm going to die alone. Like, I don't know how to put myself out there. I don't know how to date. Like, I never thought I would be on dating apps. Never. And, you know, my friends would come to me with for dating advice. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I've been in a relationship since 16. So getting out there is kind of funny, you know, having to ask my single friends for advice that in the past they had come to me for advice. Um, and you know, in hindsight, I think that I probably got back into dating a little bit too soon and I wasn't really ready, but, um, I think if I had gone in more with a mindset of like learning my likes and dislikes and that being the most important thing, it would have gone a little bit smoother in the beginning. 
what mindset do you think you approached it with? Uh, I wanted to find a partner and I, it was definitely way too soon to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, you know, and I think that's, that's normal. And that's something where I think after any type of like breakup or loss of a loved one, it's like, we want to fill that void and, and we want to find that next person that we didn't expect we would need. But yeah. And I, I mean, look, I'll say like, and I've talked about this on the show before, like I, after my last breakup, I did that and I got back out there and way too soon and, and realized it when I like went on a date that actually went well. And I was like, wait a second, like I'm going home crying. Like I'm not okay. And I'm not in a place to be doing this. Yeah. And, and it's hard because it was like, I had this life that was so settled and, and what's the word I'm thinking? Stable. And so like, and having a partner. And so like going from that to living alone and not having anybody, like I, I just wanted to get my life back to what it was. And like, you can't just do that immediately. I had to, I had to accept that things were going to be different. Um, Yeah. And I'm sure you also have now been on a really long journey of like rediscovering yourself and and discovering yourself without him and figuring out who you are. 100%. And you know, like dating has honestly helped me with that too, because going into it, I mean, a lot of the things as, as sure as I was of my marriage, I didn't know any better about a lot of things because I had never dated anyone else. So there were maybe things that, of course, you have to make sacrifices, but some some of them it's like, okay, maybe this isn't something that I have to sacrifice or um, things like that. I, I didn't know what I wanted, what I didn't want. Um, so I think like dating has has really helped me with that. And I've tried to like date a not a type like I've been trying to be open to a lot of different people to kind of like learn what I do like what I don't like what I'm looking for um and just being open in the beginning about like where I am has been really important because you know it's it's not fair to them to know that I'm not looking for anything serious yet um yeah how does how does that conversation happen that like at what point do you have that conversation with someone and and how do you say it and how do they actually like react to it because I can imagine just as like your therapist and your friends and your your parents were shocked like it someone who's dating or going on a date with a 27 year old is not expecting to hear like by the way I'm going through a divorce mm-hmm. yeah so I don't have the answer to what you should do, but here's what, what has happened. Um, and it's been very, very difficult to navigate. So sometimes it'll come up before we go on the first date. Otherwise, like I make sure to mention it on the first date, especially if there's going to be another one. Um, and in terms of like the reaction that I've gotten, it's either been very positive, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm sure like, you know, I'll learn more about that as we get to know each other more, like everyone comes with their own story. Um, sometimes it's been negative, like, oh, I don't want to get involved in that emotional baggage, which will knock you down a few notches, but, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Um, but I have recently started seeing someone kind of seriously, and uh, he has been extremely supportive of it. And I think that, like, that's an important thing um, to know that, like, you, no one's ever going to be fully healed and so finding a partner that's going to support your healing and vice versa is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it also goes to show like, I mean, the way someone reacts to it, if someone's like, oh, like, I don't want to get involved versus someone who's like, that must be really difficult. Like, I, I think it's like great that 
you're out here and I appreciate you telling me. And, and like you said, like, I'm, I look forward to hearing more about it. I think that just shows so much about someone's character where it's like, that's the person you do want to go on a date with anyway, if you are still in this like vulnerable state and the people who are kind of just going to shrug you off and be like, nah, I don't want to get involved. Like as much as that must suck to hear you are in the end, like dodging a bullet and weeding out the ones you don't want. It's true. And I mean, I can't blame them before all of this. I mean, I probably would have felt the same about divorce. Mm. I didn't know there's such a stigma. And like, until you go through it, you don't really know. And I guess the hardest part is like, I never asked for this. So I hate having this label, but it's also something that has made me stronger and made me learn a lot of things about myself. So it's just part of my story. And I'm working on accepting that. Absolutely. Do you find yourself ever like, and I mean, I can imagine what the answer is, but do you find yourself comparing these new people to him? Oh yeah. I, especially when it comes. So right now I, I tell people my two top most important things are emotional maturity and self-awareness. And so I'm really looking for somebody that can express their feelings, understand them, talk about them. Um, so when I first started dating some guys that like were very open about those things, I was like, oh, men can talk about their feelings. What is this? So, so I'm definitely like meeting a lot of new people and kind of comparing to my previous experience because that's my only experience. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely doing that. Um, it's kind of hard too. Cause it's like, I had this life, I was so established and now it's almost like I've gotten used to being alone. So it's like, it's going to take a special person to fit into my life now. Absolutely. But I think that's okay. I mean, I think that's kind of what, obviously what you didn't experience before, but that's, I think the general feeling about dating where it's like, yes, you might, like some people might so badly want a partner, but at the end of the day, if that person doesn't fit into their life, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Do you, going back to like how your whole like world was kind of entangled with his, like, has it been hard? I know you're still living in this house, in this town. Like, has that been difficult where like, are you going on dates to places that you and him had gone? Like, are you ever running into him? Like, are you still in contact with him? Like, how has that dynamic been? So we are not in contact anymore. Um, I guess also I didn't mention this before. We had the same friend group from high school. Um, And so that was literally, you know, the people that I talked to every day and did everything with. And it's mostly like the friends are guys. And so like, you know, as they got girlfriends or wives or fiancés, we all became a big group. Unfortunately, when we told them what happened, I didn't hear from a single one of the guys, not a single one of them reached out to me. And these were people that I thought would be in my life forever. And, you know, their girlfriends and wives and whatever would say, oh, they're guys, they don't know what to say, but that's not an excuse. No. So I've really had to rebuild my life here. Um, And so that's been pretty difficult. Um, I, I tried to keep up with the girlfriends, but it just got too hard. It's like, I, it, they're his friends. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, that's been difficult. And then actually two days ago, went on a brunch date and went to an old place that we used to go to. And as we're walking out, um, the guy that I'm seeing is like, I don't know if I should tell you this, 
but I think I saw your ex in there. And he he starts explaining like who he saw, who he was with, and it became apparent that he was with his parents. And then I saw his car in the parking lot, and that just rattled me. Like, and it's been nine months. Like that just shook me to my core. Seeing, I mean, nine months is not a long time. Yeah, yeah, nine nine years like versus nine months. You know, yeah. Like I know people who are going through breakups from like a one or two year relationship or like nine months later, they're still not going on dates. Mm-hmm. So I I can only imagine. Oh my God. And, but you know what? I have a lot of respect for this guy you were out with for him, like being honest and, and not even hiding the fact that like, he knows what your ex looks like and <laughs> saying like, he was like, I think that's really cool actually. Cause because one of the things that I find really fascinating about dating and relationships is like people don't talk about their previous relationships when Mm -hmm. they were such a big part of your life. And like you try and pretend like your exes don't exist, but Mm -hmm. they were a part of you. Like they were a part of your world. They're somebody who at one point you saw a future with, like they impacted you. You went through a breakup with them. Like there was, there's so much about a past relationship and to go on dates and, and to get serious with somebody and not talk about that, I think is like, I think you're cheating yourself mm-hmm. and it's you're like holding yourself back from getting like more connected to somebody and and having like stronger a stronger understanding of each other so I think that's actually like one unique benefit to your situation is like there's no hiding it and yeah. it is a part of your story it's a really big part of who you are but you are open about it and in turn people can not only understand you more but like really know your story Mm -hmm. and I mean there's no way that I can talk about like my life without having talked talked about the life that he was in and a part of like most of my experiences have been with him so um I mean it is hard because when you enter like a new relationship or go on a date you're kind of opening up yourself up to be the vulnerable one first and like having to talk about these things but at the same time it's forced me out of my comfort zone in a good way and has made me more open to talking about things. And I just, when I meet people that are um, comfortable talking about it and asking questions, like making me more comfortable, it's really nice. Definitely. So, okay. You mentioned you maybe like got back out there a little too soon. Mm -hmm. What was your experience like deciding to like say like, okay, I'm going to download a dating app and I'm going to like go use it like how did you like figure that out what did that feel like honestly I can't even tell you what spurred me to do it it was a Thursday afternoon and I was like let's see what's up on hinge that everyone's talking about (laughs) so I created a profile and I honestly I just wanted to see what was out there um and I remember it's like a drug that's how it always starts it's like I just wanted to see what this thing was all about yeah because it was just so daunting to me and like for me I have a lot of anxiety when it becomes when it comes to the unknown so like let me just download this app see what it is see what's out there and it won't be as scary anymore so I kind of just did that um and I the first guy that I matched with I was like, oh my God, this is my next husband. Like, (laughs) this man was incredible on paper. And like, we had great conversation. And then like, when we met each other, I was like, okay, this is decidedly not my next husband. But I know that there's like, at least options out there now. (laughs) Okay. You know what? That's really, I'm glad that that was your first experience because I think it could have gone in so many different directions. And for you to like, 
have that feeling of like getting excited about somebody and then that kind of disappointment of like, oh, this person isn't as good as they thought they were, but this person is a sign of hope for me. Like, it really I think was. that's the best case scenario. And I was telling my friends too during that time, again, I said I got out there a little too early and I still stand by that, but I was telling them, you know, this has been such a great distraction. These are the first few days where I've woken up in the morning and the first thing I've thought about isn't my divorce. It's the good morning text that I got. So oh. it, it really did help um, in that way for sure. Yeah. Going back to your friends, what, okay, I like need to know, like, what were their reactions <laughs> when you told them? what was happening about the divorce or the day yeah okay. both both okay <laughs> so the divorce like everyone was absolutely shocked yeah as shocked as I was too this like, is like what the word shook was invented for yes exactly we were <laughs> we were shooketh to the core like <laughs> we did not see this coming like we were like the quote unquote perfect couple that everyone like it's what we looked like to everybody and what we portrayed and what I sometimes felt like so mm -hmm. um I think to them it was kind of just like dropping a bomb on them similar to how I felt um and we all just tried to make sense of it and you know honestly I, I didn't get a lot of explanation from him or a lot of closure and I had to create that for myself so you know talking it out with them as much as you want to like try and rationalize things it was just impossible. So just being able to have them there and have somebody to listen, that was always helpful. But I think to them too, they were trying to make sense of it as much as I was. Um, so there was that. And then when I told them I was getting back out there in the dating world, I mean, they were like, wow, that's really brave. Everyone was supportive of it and said that they like admired the bravery, which made me feel better because I was like, I, I certainly didn't feel brave at the time, but hearing their support definitely helped. Yeah, I think it's it's so shocking. And I mean, you know, even talking to you, I think knowing like how much time has passed since that like you found out that this divorce was happening, like I'm so impressed with how you're able to talk about it, how much you've gotten through in terms of the process of healing. And I feel like that is such a testament to like your support system and the people who helped you get through it and the people who helped you realize like this wasn't there's nothing you did wrong like and I think that's one of the hardest things to kind of come to terms with and and realize mm -hmm. yeah and I'm very much a perfectionist and so it's really hard to like realize, okay maybe I didn't pick the right partner even though I was so sure and I just have to like be easier on myself and remember, like, I didn't know any better. I had right. never been with anyone else. So this is all I knew. Um, but, you know, I think that I'm also somebody, like, I, I like to have answers to things and then creating my own closure, reading books, listening to podcasts like this, going to therapy, all of that has been so helpful in my healing journey too. Yeah, I love that. What would you say, like, what advice would you give? I know – you said like you didn't really know anyone close to you who had been in any similar situation or who was around your age who had been divorced. So for anyone listening or if somebody who's listening knows somebody they can send this to, like what advice would you have for somebody who is going through something similar? I would definitely say don't isolate yourself. That was the hardest part for me. And 
that part of the journey, I just felt so abandoned and lost. And I wish that I had reached out to people sooner. Um, you know, whether it's somebody that you know that's been through a similar experience or even their support groups. Um, that was something that I had looked into um, as an option. And I think just hearing other people's stories and knowing you're not alone can be incredibly valuable in your healing. So I would definitely say that. And to the friends out there, even if you don't know what to say, just reach out to them. Let them know you're there. You can even say, I'm not sure what to say right now. Nothing I can say is going to help, but just let them know that you're there. Yeah. I love that you added that. Cause I think that's such a hard thing too. Sometimes as friends, we don't know how to help our friend. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, like there isn't always like a right way or wrong way to go about it. You just have to be there. And yeah. I'm sure in the beginning, like you didn't want, like you said, like you felt like embarrassed almost like you didn't want to tell people you wanted to hide it, but, mm-hmm. and, and like some people might try and offer help, but you might reject it, but that doesn't mean that that's not an invitation for them to stop offering. Like, yeah, exactly. And to remind you that they're there for you. Exactly. And I think like at that, when someone's at that low of a point, they're not going to always be comfortable reaching out to you. So yeah. I think, you know, it's good to be the one to take that off their shoulders and let them know that you are there. Yeah, absolutely. One last question for you. As you've been in the dating world, is there any piece of dating advice that you've gotten that has stuck out to you? Honestly, I'm going to go with Logan Yuri's Fuck the Spark. <laughs> um, the first few dates that I went on, like if I didn't feel a spark, I was like, eh, next, on to the next. But I kind of wish that I had given them more of a chance because like as you get to know somebody, that really grows um, as you start to like see who they are and you can become attracted to them as a person. And so I think that's that's something that I had never heard before. I thought the spark was so important. Yeah. Um, so definitely that. Love that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, and, and for me and my relationship now with my boyfriend, like I definitely didn't feel a spark on the first date, <laughs> um, but I actually had like Logan's whole concept of like, fuck the spark and go for the slow burn in the back of my head. And I was like, okay, like this guy, there's nothing wrong with this guy. Like he's very mm-hmm. nice. He's very normal. Like I can have a good time with him. Like, let me keep going and see what's there. And obviously it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Love yeah. it. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. I really, really appreciate you sharing your story. And, and again, I'm really impressed with how far you've come. And I hope you are also like really proud of yourself for that because you've gone through something that's really difficult and really scary. And you've definitely like risen above it. And I I think like I, I really like find you inspiring and just how you oh. like handled it and where you are now. Well, thank you so much. Um, I mean, for sure, the healing process isn't linear and I have my hard days still and hard days to come. But um listening to the stories on your podcast and others has really, really been beneficial to me. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. And to everyone who listened, thank you for listening. If you have a friend or a friend of a friend or a coworker or a family friend or a cousin's cousin's friend who you think could benefit from hearing this, please send this to them. And don't forget to give a five-star rating and review and follow at seeing other people on Instagram for lots of content. All right. This has been Unfiltered. 